All right, we are back with the Limp Fit Coaching Podcast, and I'm here with Matt Donovan today. So we are here to talk about training your one rep max. How often should you test it? Should you test it? Uh, so, man, this is something we love talking about because, you know, it's always fun being strong. It's fun moving heavy things. You know, sometimes I'll get the Forrest Gump voice on. I'll say, like, you know, I'm not a smart man, but I do love to lift heavy things, you know? So uh, I just enjoy doing those things. Yeah, it's fun to train. It's fun to see where you can get. Um, it's not just for performance, but it's also, especially for a lot of men, it's just like it's an ego boost, you know? But uh, for the sake of performance, we want to focus in on, like, should you do it, especially across your age and everything, how often should you do it and the implications of training and stuff. But uh, before we dive into this, man, if you guys really want to get into training, if you really want to have some personal guidance, if you want to have some quality um, people, coaches behind you, actually helping you move better, helping you uh, see the progression, have a progressive program, then we'd love to serve you. We're really excited about our programs, about our early lifting programs, about our general programs that we have for individuals, even our body weight programs. And uh, and also if you want nutrition guidance as well, like we really try to hammer the nutrition lifestyle because that supports every bit of training that we do, which is why even in our services that we offer, typically we have nutrition as a base. And if you want training on top of that, then you can add that on top of it. But check us out at linfit.com or message us on social media at caleb.linfit or at linfit coaching. So let's dive into this podcast. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, of the persuasion that we should be testing our 1RMs if we, if we, as long as we can do it safely. Um, but I think for a lot of people, it's how quickly can I actually see progress, right? Like I don't, I don't want to be testing this every single week because it's probably going to be the same or maybe even sometimes it'll go down just because you had a bad night's sleep or something. So mm-hmm. um, how how quickly can people actually see strength gains um, when they're training? Dude, that really depends. It uh, depends on your training age. Uh, and that's basically like how high skill you are, uh, how long you've been training. Because if you've been training and actually following a really good quality program uh, for a long time, then you're going to especially if you've been following sort of a same program, you haven't been uh, switching it up or trying different things, giving your body different challenges, you're gonna hit sort of a, a peak. Like you're not, you're gonna hit a point when you've hit a, a higher training age where you're not gonna get that many gains very often. Right. Um, and so, but if you're an absolute beginner, you could get a new one at max like every three weeks, you know, because you're just like getting all of these gains really fast. Um, so if you take someone who is either detrained or untrained, um, you can, in the first two to four weeks, that's mostly neurological adaptation. So what that means is your body is basically learning how to recruit your muscles to do the work. And so that's why you can get like significant strength gains because you're learning how to do the movement, you're learning how to get efficient at it, and uh, your body's just getting better at recruiting the individual little tiny muscle fibers. Um, more efficient at doing that. And so you may not get any sort of muscular change at all in those first two to four weeks, uh, but your body is getting more efficient at using what's already there. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so uh, the actual muscle gain, like if you're talking about hypertrophy or taking, you know, having muscular adaptation, that's going to take more like eight to 12 weeks in a particular cycle. 
and it has to be well thought out, planned out to actually get some progress. Um, and so if you're a lower, lower training age, really any training is gonna help you. If you're untrained, any training is gonna help you. Uh, the more organized, the better. If you're a higher training age, you're gonna have to commit to the eight to 12 week programs, these long training cycles that kind of, you know, they, they go up and down, they give you lots of opportunities to, to allow your body to recover because you just put more mileage on your body and you gotta work harder, have a little bit more of a well-designed program to help you actually get some new gains. Right, yeah, so we see like a lot of people recommending like six to 12 week programs um, somewhere in there. Um, would 12 kind of be like the maximum, even for someone that is pretty well trained, they've, they've been around, they've trained for quite a while. Is 12 still kind of like that maximum for most people, you'd say? Usually, because uh, 12 weeks is kind of the point where, <laughs> one, it's like it's hard to commit to much more than that before <laughs> you really need something different, you know, like as an individual. Uh, but also like your body needs different challenges. It needs different movement patterns. It needs uh, something to stimulate further growth and development or maintenance of whatever performance you're trying to maintain. And so typically uh, you don't see programs that go beyond 12 weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like say we're in like the middle of a, one of those 12 week cycles or just any cycle really, and you miss maybe a week or two. Um, Maybe you're a little weaker. Maybe you like you know didn't train as much for that time. Um, would you recommend somebody to come back and like would they test their like some maxes again to see where they're at? Um, would they kind of jump right back into the same training program? Should they restart it all together? Like um, there are a lot of different options there. Yeah. Um, so that's a good question. Fall? I mean, uh, if you just missed a week or two in the middle of a progressive program, that let's say you're uh, let's say, for example, you're doing like a a Windler five three one cycle. Okay, so like week one, you'll do you have a specific lift you're trying to get stronger in. You're doing five reps on the that specific lift um, in week one. Week two, you're doing three. Week three, you're gonna do you're gonna work up to a heavy one rep, and then you're gonna have a deload week and you're gonna start over again. You know, right. until you just keep building this up, keep building this up. And that's a very basic one, but a lot of, even uh, especially someone who's younger or untrained or lower training age, um, they're going to get tons of benefit from a basic program like that, 531. Um, but if you happen to miss a couple weeks in there, uh, I'll probably scale back a little bit, you know, scale back 10% of what you were doing uh, as far as the weights. And then you, I wouldn't necessarily test it. Um, especially if you're not ready for that, if you're coming off a of vacation or something, you're like your body's just not ready to handle a load. Especially if you're trying to increase load, like usually you, you kind of there's a reason that you uh, have sort of a onboarding portion of a program. Like you don't break someone in week one usually. You kind of like get them into the program. Their body goes through an adaptation phase where it's like you're extra sore in week one um, because of the workout volume. And then uh, if and so if you take a couple of weeks off, you you don't really lose much strength, really. Um, you retain strength for quite a while. Uh, there's even people that you know you can take a few months off, and you're not going to lose significant amount of strength. You'll lose like all of your cardiovascular conditioning, but you're not going to lose much strength. And so, what I would recommend is actually just like to help you yourself mentally get back into the program you might work up to like a heavy three rep to just get used to feeling some weight again 
you know, but then just kind of get back into your program. So you might for one week kind of scale it back a little bit, uh, reduce your percentages a little bit. Let's say this, you get back, you're supposed to be doing 85%. You might uh, consider doing, you know, 75 to 80%. And just, if you feel good that day, totally hit the 85%, but start a little lower to make sure your body's ready to handle it. Right. Yeah, and one thing I'd say also is if you are going to take a vacation or have a busy season of life, check out our podcast on uh, maintain your gains on vacation. Um, talk about like the minimum requirements you can hit to help you be able to come back and really just jump right back into what you're doing. So Yeah, yeah, we just talked about that like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think there's like a great place for a middle ground where it comes to testing your one rep max. So we don't really want to be testing it every day, right? That's not going to be super beneficial for hypertrophy or building muscle um, or really um, not really helping you build strength either. Yeah. Um, and But we don't also want to like never test it. Um, we don't want to go around and never change our max and never actually adjust our program to, um, to see where we're at. Um, and so like in a 12-week program, um, how often would you have someone work up to like a heavy set or maybe even like max? Would they just max at the end or would they kind of work up to a heavy sets throughout the program? Uh, there's a lot of different ways you can approach it. Uh, some coaches like to go heavy a couple times a week, kind of find a daily max, uh, which may not necessarily be your absolute one rep max, but like you're just getting used to moving heavy weight. Uh, some programs will you're just hanging out at sub-maximal loads. I'm talking like 90% and below. Uh, really for strength gains, you need to be working at 70% and above mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Uh, but they don't, uh, some programs like won't even touch that above 90% until like test week at the end of the full program. Uh, I'm more of a fan of like getting you used to, you know, it's because it, I recognize the mental factor of maxing. Um, and if you don't touch anything close to your max for 12 weeks, whenever you finally try to break that record, like you're, uh, it's all in your head. You're like, I haven't lifted this much in like a few months. Like, oh man, this feels heavy. And the moment you have that thought, it's just a split second. When you have that thought, like this feels heavy, like you're done, mm-hmm. you know? Um, uh, but if you go into that lift, like, oh, I've been lifting this, like I moved, really close to this last week and it felt easy. Um, I'm going to crush this today, you know? So I'm a fan of like several times throughout a cycle, uh, to be, you know, kind of going up and down. You kind of get closer to your max, maybe not go for an absolute one rep max. Uh, but you're going to get pretty close to that within a cycle. And so, uh, if it's a 12 week cycle, um, you can definitely test a one rep max. Like you kind of, typically go in like four week cycles kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like you'll in a 12 week cycle, four times you'll sort of see where you're at, get really close to, or actually test your one rep max. Um, and then, uh, if it's a shorter cycle, then you might only test it once at the end. Uh, but mm-hmm. usually you don't start testing it. Um, at most, uh, you might do like a, you'll go off of an old number. Like let's say it's been a long time since you max, you might, take that number and you take a certain percentage off of it. Usually if someone's coming to me after not testing their max, uh, but they've been continually training, I'll just take 10% off and then see where they're at. Uh, but then uh, I've also started using a three rep max a lot more often. Uh, 
three rep max or five rep max because you're able to sort of estimate based on that. There's lots of, you know, estimation tables that you can use. You can kind of get a general idea of like, okay, it's a, it's safer. It's a safer weight neurologically and uh, for injury and everything. You're not absolutely maxing out, working up to three rep max, and then you can be like, okay, let's say he hit, uh, you know, let's say he hit like 200 pounds on a back squat or something like that, and then uh, okay, if he hit a three rep max on that, then he's probably going to be somewhere around you know two 220, 225 pounds, something like that for his one rep max, um, and so it's a little bit safer to test for that little bit higher rep max. Um, and then go off of that for your training cycle. And if they crush that one rep max, awesome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you highlighted a lot of the problems of, um, of how often we test, right? So, um, talking about, it's like less safe if we never really reach up to that high point and then try to go to for one rep max, that's not going to be, um, super helpful for us. Mm -hmm. And, like you said, if a bar feels heavy when you pick it up, it's you've lost already. It's yeah. uh yeah, so you need to be working up to at least a heavy set, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I feel like the um, yes, also kind of depends on your lift, what you're doing. If you're trying to work, what lift you're concentrating on. So, for example, if you're doing just like power lifts, like a bench press, deadlift, squat. Um, you can retest that max regularly. You can work at a pretty high percentage of that one rep max um, pretty frequently. Um, and you can definitely like, let's, so for example, if you're trying to put on muscle size and you got to drop it down to, you know, somewhere between, you know, somewhere between like 60 to, you know, 75, 78% ish uh, because you want to hit, you know, 10 to 12 reps per set. And so like, doing as significantly closer to one rep max is impossible, right? Um, then once you get in more in the strength where you're working more on drilling the movement and you're trying to get under some heavier weight, um, then that's going to be, you know, reps of five to seven uh, per set. And then whenever you're trying to really test your power and your maximum strength, then you're going to do sets of one to three at a closer percentage. That's going to be like 90% above usually. So um, whenever you're wanting to train for that, like – with, with specific lifts, like the power lifts, you can test that higher percentage more often. Whereas the higher, like technical lifts, like Olympic lifts, um, oftentimes you might be working on the higher percentage for sort of the lifts that support that, like a squat or deadlift, um, well, especially the squat for sure, um, or any kind of presses or anything like that. You're working at higher percentage of those kind of foundations of that lift. And you're working at more sub-maximal you know, 70, 85% tops, uh, for those Olympic lists. Cause you're trying to drill the skill so many times throughout an entire lifting cycle. And then at the end of that cycle, you'll test that one rep max of that Olympic lift where you've already probably tested one rep max of the squat or something several times throughout the whole cycle, Olympic lifting cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, and so with the higher skill lifts, like you have to drill it so often at a, at a submaximal weight, uh, that it just like, once you add more weight to it, it doesn't necessarily feel heavy because you've been lifting super heavy in the other lifts. Um, and you've practiced the movement patterns so much. It just happens. Right. So that's, that's why it's different. Like with power lifts, like your feet kind of stay where they're at, you know, it's not as dynamic. You just kind of go down and up. Uh, whereas Olympic lift is so dynamic that, um, there's a lot more that goes into it. You got to like 
make sure that you practice the movement pattern a ton before you really try to test it when you're at max. Right. Yeah. It's a, uh, that's interesting to think about the differences between even just different lifts. Yeah. That they have different uses for their maxes, but yeah. What if, okay. So there's, let's think about, uh, let's say like functional fit, like CrossFit, something like that. They really encourage heavy days. And so a lot of CrossFitters are all about like the, uh, you know, just like the lay on the floor, dead, sweaty, just out of breath kind of thing. Um, and they get bored during heavy day. Like why would a, a CrossFitter benefit from doing some more heavy days, like finding a daily one rep max or a daily, you know, three rep max or something like that. Just like you're not doing anything cardiovascular. You're just moving some heavy weight. Why would a CrossFitter benefit from that? Yeah. I think, uh, a lot of CrossFitters kind of fall into the side of not testing enough just because they, they go in and have that daily wad and, um, it can be a great workout, but if you never test, um, then you're going to be missing out a little bit. Um, I think they can get a lot of benefit from it. Um, one, because it can just be different than the cardiovascular, um, thing. So just a different stimulus. And yeah. that's one of the things CrossFit is all about is, uh, changing up the stimulus continuously. Um, and, uh, I'm really against like some people try to train their way to a new max, right? So they'll train for significantly significant periods of time, um, even further than 12 weeks, mm. um, until they basically get three to five reps as like, Oh, that's like the most weight I've ever lifted. Mm. Um, I think that's just um, kind of inefficient um, because if you're trying to set like a, a training cycle, trying to set percentages based on things, um, having an accurate number can be really helpful, even if it's not like your absolute peak max. Um, if it's closer to your max, then um, you can have great percentages for yourself and you can actually be pushing yourself through your cycle. Um, it can help you actually continue to get stronger. Um, if you try to train your way to a one rep max and you never really adjust your percentages, it can be really easy to get stuck in a rut. Um, then you plateau, right? You can plateau and really just never go anywhere. Um, and maybe that's why some of them, some people really don't like the heavy days. They feel like they're not going anywhere necessarily and, um, just kind of stuck. Yeah. 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 And something else that's cool about like lifting heavy is just like, uh, you get this massive neuroendocrine response. And so what does that do? That stimulates just an anabolic process. So like your body is ready to take up nutrients and either, you know, lay down new tissue, recover, you know, lay, lay down new muscle or develop muscle. Or uh, it also just really sets the tone for your metabolism for days. Like, for example, <laughs> like every time I have a heavy deadlift day, like I'm starving that day because my body's <laughs> like, yup, give me some food. Like we're ready. Um, and so uh, those have a huge benefit to your overall training because you're getting that massive neuroendocrine response. It's, so whatever else you do the rest of the week, your body is ready to fuel that training. Whatever, And so if you're putting good fuel into your body, then your body's going to take it up. It's ready. And so... That's why, like, oftentimes you'll work, like, larger muscle groups uh, at the start of the week because that can really set the tone for the rest of the week for your body, the way that it's hormonally handling it. Um, and so that's why, like, those heavy days can be super crucial. But even for, um, like, endurance athletes, you know, um, it's beneficial to do some resistance training. You know, not to say that you have to do a one rep max, you know, but some type of a max lift, a three rep, a five rep max, can really benefit uh, endurance 
uh, trainers also because it's something different than what you're doing. But also, if you're stronger, really, it helps your body move easier. You know I mean, really, any type of exercise, like you know, to perform work, you have to be able to apply force in a certain direction. And if applying that force, if you're able to apply more force to make the process of moving yourself or an object easier, then you just became more efficient as a human being. And mm -hmm. so any athlete can benefit from being stronger. And so you just have to manage with your nutrition, uh, whether you want to get bigger or not. Um, and so, I mean, that, and that goes into more of the programming science, but, um, from your experience, I want to ask you this, like how, how often should you lift heavy, uh, and not get broken? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it does kind of depend on the, uh, on a lot of things, of course, but, um, I think for me, what I found is on certain lifts, I can lift heavy, um, quite a lot, um, and not really feel too worn down by it. Um, so for example, for me, one of those lifts would be bench press. I can, I can train that relatively heavy, um, pretty much every week I could have like a really heavy train session, maybe even twice a week I could have a decently heavy train session, um, and, and be all right. Yeah. Um, but then sometimes some things like squats or deadlifts, if I, um, tried to have multiple heavy days in a week, um, for that, um, yeah, that'd be really difficult. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I think for me, um, I don't ever, I don't work up to a one rep max. Um, I, I try to do that every, every like six weeks if I can, if I'm in a training cycle, at least, um, uh, at least six weeks, um, mm -hmm. potentially longer, um, depending on the programming, but um, yeah, if I go longer than six weeks, definitely want to have at least a, a few times of intentional, um, like peaking up, up above 90% somewhere. Um, yeah. 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 I think, uh, this is something that Westside Barbell actually, and they're like really good at, you know, developing some really good athletes, really, really strong athletes. Um, uh, they usually, um, uh, will, I mean, they, they're hanging out at pretty heavy on a regular basis, but they don't go at a maximal effort more than twice a week, really. Uh, they really try to separate those maximal efforts um, three days apart, at least. And so, I mean, that's something good for any of you listening to this to remember, uh, because a maximal effort, whether it's a one rep max or you, or it's like a 10 rep max, you know, you went as heavy you could heavy as you could for 10 minutes you're like you feel busted up afterwards it's because it's really neurologically demanding um and so neurologically demanding means that uh if you try to go heavy the next couple days after that you just don't have the same juice you know you're just mm -hmm. like oh man i just i just feel tired you know i just i don't have the same motivation it's because literally your your nervous system which is responsible for recruiting those muscles to move that weight is taxed and needs a break. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this is where people can get, you know, run the risk of overtraining if they try to lift too heavy too often. Um, and so usually for me, I try to separate any kind of heavy, really, really heavy maximal efforts, uh, you know, three days apart. And so that allows me to not feel broken all the time, <laughs> not aching. And definitely like I'm getting older and so like that happens, you know, so I have to really manage my mobility and my recovery really, really well. But generally, if I separate those really heavy maximal efforts by three days, I feel pretty good. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the benefits of maxing too, is if you kind of program in a deload, 
um, or just like a little bit of time where your volume may be decreased. Um, you can actually feel really great after that. Um, you get to see like, okay, all that training has kind of come down to like this point in time. And, um, yeah, I think just training in general, like you get to see your progress, you get to work hard for, um, weeks and months potentially, um, and get to see your progress. Um, I think it's a lot of life left, a lot of life lessons, um, behind that. And, um, yeah, that definitely part of the reason I love to test my one rep max is get to recover a little bit and, um, get to see all the hard work that I've done pay off. Yeah. Yeah. And you might like consider like certain times in the year when, you know, like if you have too much stress going on outside of the gym or your nutrition's whack or you've been, you know, you're, um, traveling a lot, then it might not make sense to do a lot of heavy lifting because if you already have a lot of stress going on in your life, that, really really heavy day might do more harm than good and so that's whenever you might say okay instead of doing a one rep max i'll work up to a three rep max because it's not quite as demanding on me uh but we definitely know that i mean regardless like moving some weight can make you feel better you know and so but just consider in this in the grand scheme of your everything that's going on in your life like uh should you be testing a one rep max this week you know and sometimes that's what's hard for people it's hard to commit to this whole cycle because you know life happens you know like oh it's test week oh man like i also had this other stuff going on i'm just i'm not getting enough sleep um and so don't feel bad if you uh don't break your one rep max record i mean especially as you get to a higher training age you know like those one rep max a new one rep max record doesn't come very often you know (laughs) like for me, it's like maybe once a year or once every couple of years. <laughs> and so uh, it comes few and far between. So you find other ways to develop your skill and find other you know, personal bests that you can find. Don't act like you're that old. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is a good conversation. I mean, like, I mean, we're even doing like a squat cycle right now because I have like a, I am recognizing my own personal weaknesses and we're like all right we gotta get stronger at squat if you want to get a new squat clean pr uh, because my power clean is like my posterior chain is way stronger than my my squat so um working on the technique and work you know drilling the technique at lighter weights um so like we're we're moving the really heavy squats while we're also doing a little bit lighter percentage on our olympic lifts so that we can really drill the techniques and when we're ready to test we're gonna crush it you know mm-hmm. so looking forward to that but uh, thanks for listening in today, guys. Uh, this was fun talking about it. I hope this gave you some clarity on you know, lifting heavy um, and how often you should do it and how you can commit to that, the benefits of it. Um, we want to empower you guys with everything we're putting out on this podcast. And so I hope this was beneficial for you today. We'll catch you guys on the next one. <laughs>